Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. Hello and welcome to Draft for Upside uh, 2021. So we're excited um, to announce that we're now part of the Dr. Roto uh, network. And uh, uh, Chris, how do you feel about that? Um, yeah. This is our first podcast that's going to be on that site and it's an exciting prospect. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, a long time since we did a, a draft for upside, at least a football edition. I know that in, in some regard, the, the golf has uh, continued with, you know, Danger, yourself, Adam White, and, you know, mix and mash. And, hey, I've even found myself on a, a handful of those. But, you know, it's football season. This is where it all started for us. And, uh, you know, I think it's the most exciting and it's definitely where we're the most consistent, at least in putting out content. Yeah, so for our, our loyal listeners, um, you can still listen to us on Apple or your or Spotify or your favorite podcast app. Um, we'll also be um, posting our podcast to drroto.com. Go check it out. Um, there's a lot of great free content there, and there's also a nice premium site with all the advanced tools that you need for uh, lineup construction, DFS, and everything. We have a great slate of experts. Um we're going to continue on draft for upside. We're going to do several podcasts. We're going to do a Thursday night showdown and we're going to do a weekly preview starting with week two. Um, so let's roll, roll into it, Chris. Let's uh, let's do the Thursday night showdown week one. We are talking about Dallas at the defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, what is your first thoughts about the game? Yeah, I think the general consensus and, and you can look at the betting lines and you can look at, you know, the industry sentiment is that Tampa Bay should easily handle Dallas in this game. There's a couple of reasons. You know, first of all, they're the defending champions. Second of all, they're returning all of their pieces and, and starters on offense and defense. And those were both formidable units, as you would expect from a championship team. Um, on the other side of the ball, you have a Dallas team that has a lot of question marks on their defense. It was pretty bad last year. I mean, like historically bad It's in some cases. And now you've got Dak Prescott returning from a, a gruesome injury. Didn't see any action in the preseason. In fact, most of the starters on Dallas's side didn't see any action in the preseason. So, you know, you're coming into this game against a defense that has a ton of familiarity with not just the system, but each other. And you're trying to kind of pick up where you left off, which, you know, back going to last year, week five was not necessarily the, you know, the best of states for Dallas. And it really didn't get any better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with that, you, you know, I think the, the consensus is that you want to stack your lineup as full of Tampa Bay players as possible, because if they win this game by two or three touchdowns, which is a pretty real possibility, um, you know, you're going to want to have those pieces. You're going to want to score or have the people that score touchdowns. And we'll talk about who those players might be because it's a little bit more difficult with Tampa Bay than it is other teams. Uh, but on the other side of things, you know, if that's the case, who do you think is going to be in mop-up duty for Dallas? Where do you think that the targets are going to go at the beginning of the game? And where do you think they're going to go, you know, at the end of the game where it's probably going to be something that's easier for them to pick up receptions, catches, yardage, um, you know, everything that scores fantasy points is the defense lets off if they're in a big lead and, you know, the pivots from that. So, you know, with that in mind, it, who are your 
primary targets on this Tampa Bay team or um, who are you looking to put in that captain slot? Yeah. So I, you know, I was going through this and I think, I think there's lots of options there. Um, and, and kind of looking around the net, I, a lot of people are trying to squeeze Brady in there. Um, you know, it feels like he's guaranteed two touchdowns. He threw two touchdowns in what, like 15 of 17 games last year. Um, Dallas's defense is pretty weak. It seems like a good fit, but of course he's top dog, top salary, 16, eight. So it's going to be a little harder of a build. Um, the next, the next place I went is kind of like, I'm trying to figure out is CD lamb going to increase his snap counts. So he, he was at about 60% on snap counts last year. Does that increase now that he's had a full off season? He didn't have the COVID shortened season with no practice or anything. Um, and then I'm stepping down. I tell you, um, Antonio Brown, um, kind of came into his own again at the end of last year. Bruce Arians is talking him up again this year. Um, the craziness has kind of settled down. His captain salary is only 8,400. So I'm, I'm leaning towards at least like five, six, maybe even 10% in the captain slot with Antonio Brown. It opens up a lot of salary to build some good lineups. Yeah. And I think that, you know, those are a couple of the people that I've, I've heard mentioned um, just in the echo chamber quite a bit, you know, Tom Brady, you know, falls in line with most of the, what would be, um, you know, optimal builds for this type of projected game. Uh, I have seen the chatter about Antonio Brown, not just from Bruce Arians, but from a lot of people. And then, of course, I think a lot of people will gravitate towards, you know, Mike Evans just had a big season last year. Um, you know, some of that might have been a little bit noise, noisy, and we're going to see a little bit of regression. And so, you know, all of those things combined, you know, I'm looking in a little bit of a different spot. I, I think Chris Godwin has been the forgotten uh, forgotten man on this offense in terms of the top producers. He was a person that got a ton of targets, you know, somewhere between seven to 10, almost every single game. And with everybody else healthy, he typically was one of the top producers out of that trio. Now, does he translate that into touchdowns? Does he translate it into two touchdowns? That's kind of what you're playing for if you're looking into those bigger field GPPs, because as you said, with Brady being the top projected point scorer on this slate, if he scores, you know, or he throws for two or three touchdowns, if those are spread out evenly, and the offense is distributed not just from a, a touchdown standpoint, but a yardage standpoint. You know, maybe some of these captain spots for wide receivers doesn't pay off. And the relative uncertainty of is it going to be Ronald Jones? Is it going to be Leonard Fournette? Um, how is that going to be broken up? And is one guy going to get the bulk of the workload and the other guy vulture the touchdown? I, I think I, I'm like you. I'm, I'm kind of within that quarterback wide receiver area i have no interest in except for maybe in a fringe um a fringe like ten dollar millimaker maker to put like the defense up top but it, i just don't think yeah. that against uh, this offense and the, the likelihood of the outcomes that's the way to go I, and look it could happen this defense is good and we've talked about dallas's offense um not really having the continuity in the preseason so you know two turnovers and two you know two touchdowns on the defensive side with like less than 13 points it's there. It's a possibility, but only in the largest of GPPs is where you'd find that for me, at least. Yeah, it, exactly. And and I don't want to go too crazy on the captain slots. 
you know, I people are going to be throwing, you know, Jarwin in there, Gronk in there, and try to get these low salaries. But um, I, I think in the captain slot, that's a that's a great place to just kind of chalk it and find your differentiation elsewhere. Um, yeah, now everybody is leaning towards a Tampa Bay onslaught here. So I, you know, in my mind, I, I think I'm going to see a lot of five to ones, four to twos, all in favor of Tampa. What do you think about, you know, a contrarian five to one Dallas lineup or a four to two? I kind of like the idea of throw four Dallas people out there. Um, there's a lot of good value on Dallas in this game. And then if you can squeeze uh, Brady with, um, I don't know, Brown or uh, uh, who am I thinking of from um, Cincinnati? Giovanni. Oh, Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to blank there too. I mean, we have no idea what Giovanni's uh, going to do in this offense. You know, it's a three-head monster running back. But if he plays the same role he did in Cincinnati, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I think he's going to have a, a lot more value to this team, or uh, not just in this team, but like in this in this style of format. I think when the games are closer, um, and you're playing a better offense or a better defense that is going to put Tampa Bay into more third down situations, I think you're going to see a little bit more Giovanni Bernard. Now, at the price that you see right now, um, I think he's playable even in this, despite the fact that if you're projecting a blowout on the Tampa Bay side or just a large convincing win, I'm not sure that he really goes in there for anything more than salary savings to get some other premium players. But in the scenario that you're talking about here, and I think this is a great scenario um, because I've talked about it and um, you know, in our in our group chat, we've talked about it a little bit where, you know, everybody's going one way. And if I, I've, I've taught you guys anything, it's just go the other way. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Like you're probably going to lose and it's totally OK. Um, but, you know, that one time where it works out, you just almost automatically win. Not you know, look, look, it's not League of Legends where you automatically win if you got, you're the one guy in a 200 person tournament that has a team, which which happens. But if you have a Dallas onslaught. And, you know, they do win this game or even stay really competitive. Um, and this is a high scoring affair. You're just not going to you're going to have that leverage because in that scenario, you're probably playing maybe a three, three or even that four, two. And if that's the case, yeah, Bernard's a great place. Tom Brady's a great place. You want Dak Prescott in that scenario and then pick two of the any other three like skill guys, whether it's CeeDee Lamb um, you know, Michael Gallup, who's just been criminally not talked about in this. And then Amari Cooper, because all I've heard about from Dallas, uh, people talking about Dallas, uh, you know, on our site is, is no exception to this. Is C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb, yeah. C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb. Okay, yeah, great. He's going to have the best uh, matchup in the slot. And I think he's going to be a great wide receiver. But you know what? Amari Cooper's already a great wide receiver. We already know what I think of Michael Gallup. Probably the best wide receiver that's ever played the game. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, uh, you know, between those guys, I really want to play Mari Cooper where I can, just on the basis that he's, I feel like he's going to be under-owned. Uh, haven't done ownership projections yet. So, like, if, I, if I'm wrong on this, then, you know, obviously that needs to, to be shifted. But Amari Cooper was a guy that, you know, in a lot of those games, even with CeeDee Lamb, in there those first five games was dominating the targets i think 60 to 80 percent there's five games he, he was the leading uh target recipient from dak 
you know, sometimes 14, 15, 16 uh, targets in those first five games. Yeah. Why is he not being tar- talked about? And I like that he's not being talked about because I think people will go CD Lamb. I think CD Lamb's the right play if you're playing four Tampa Bay players because then the slot he's an easier guy to uh, possibly connect uh, connect with on those those garbage routes as you're moving down the field. But I love Amari Cooper. I love him specifically. Uh, almost as a captain or just that accessory to Dak in those Dallas-centered builds. Yeah, and I think people just forget about Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, because Dallas was so bad last year without Dak, and um, they just they just forget about him. Um, and in, an interesting stat, too, and, and I, I really like Gallup in the showdown. He's only 9,300, which means – it's a significant savings, like over two grand that you save. And he was on the field last year, 98% of snaps. So he is always out there. So, you know, we don't know what kind of target share he's going to get because Dak's back, you know, he's, you don't have backup quarterbacks, but man, he he's always out there. So he's always a target. He can play the slot. He can play the outside versatile player. Good price. Um, yeah, and, and I think that the, the price is another thing that you have to kind of just take into account when, when you're looking at some of these things. So, you know, you look at, you know, people are going to look at Mike Evans, but, you know, Chris Godwin, just a little bit less expensive. Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are almost the same price, and that's why I just want to lean towards Amari Cooper probably in most builds. I mean, realistically, Showdown's not my favorite. Um, it's not my favorite way of playing, especially on these island games, just – you know, the tournament's so big that the there's a razor thin margin. You know, a five point difference can be three hundred thousand, or it can be you know two x your money. Yeah. Um, I love so it. I, I love it. <laughs> well, my, I mean, I'm taking a different blood pumping. <laughs> well, I, I'm taking a different stance. I mean, I'm limiting my my exposure in the very large GPP. I'll probably play more Dallas heavy there. But what I am going to play is more of these, uh, you know, 200, 300, 500 person tournaments. And I, I even love playing the Dallas stacks in those situations because it, when you get into those smaller single entries, three max, whether it's on a showdown or it's a larger slate, people tend to condense their ownership and be chalkier and not take the same type of risks that you're going to see elsewhere. So when you do take those risks, you know, they pay off even more. Um, and granted, I'm, I'm playing in a little bit higher stakes, but you know, you can find five, 10, $15 tournaments that are that size. And yes, you're not getting, you're not getting the same payout if you get first that if you get, you know, in a 1 million person tournament, of course not, but you, right. you start stacking those up, you're more likely to win them, your bankroll increases, and then you can take more stabs at those. Yeah. And showdowns are tough. I mean, if, if I love them, they're fun. I love trying to guess the lineups, try to guess that one guy nobody's on who's going to score a 70 yard touchdown right that's what's going to knock you over the edge um but they're tough and everybody out there listening should understand that um ownership is super important in the showdowns um so pay attention to that you know if if antonio brown's going to be a 50 percent owned captain i'm not gonna play him as much right i'm gonna i'm gonna go from 10 percent to five percent and just try to leverage other positions um just, that's just a little game theory from me. Um, no, so who, any, are, who are your ahead. two favorite plays? Can be from the same team. My two favorite plays. Um, I tell you, I uh, I love Giovanni. Um, I don't know what he's going to do, but man, I just 
I just, I just, I love his price and I love his um, catching ability. There's, there's a good chance he's out there to rest other people. Um, and uh, I'm going to have to go with Gallup. I just think, I think Gallup fits perfectly um, into the showdown, right? Price. Uh, he's on the field all the time. If, if, uh, if Dak's really back, he's going to see a lot of targets. Yeah, and I think that you went kind of the salary savings, and so that's good because my two favorite plays are going to be a little bit different. If you, uh, I mean, if you've been paying attention the last fifteen minutes or so, you can probably <laughs> nail both of these. Uh, but they're going to be Amari Cooper and Chris Godwin on the little bit more yeah. of an expensive side of things. Um, I, I think that they're just nice pivots over the guys that kind of sandwich them in the pricing, being Mike Evans and Ceedee Lamb. And I think a lot of people are going to share the same views that you have and they're going to play a lot of Antonio Brown um, who could be a real boomer bust. And, and I think that it, you know, getting away from him, you know, scores two touchdowns. Yeah, you're dead. It, it yeah. happens. Uh, but if he doesn't show up like he didn't in a lot of games, um, you know, you're in a good spot, but that's what makes these two teams specifically in this game kind of hard to project is that you do have three or four weapons on both sides that could be the primary, you know, have, two touchdown upside this isn't like buffalo where you know it's like josh allen and stefan diggs and that's it um you know nobody else is going to score two touchdowns and break your lineup um in this i can see almost everybody uh scoring those two touchdowns one guy we didn't talk about and i don't like a lot and i'm just going to get your opinion on it i know we're running a little long here but we didn't talk about ezekiel elliott going against a fantastic run defense from last year um, how do you feel about that? Do you think he's going to be kind of a safety net for Dak if the, the pressure gets large and, you know, he has had a, a receiving role in this offense the last couple of years? Um, I mean, it's a possibility. Um, I'm not really on him this week. Um, one, the Tampa run defense is really good. And two, uh, Dallas just lost their best offensive line lineman to COVID. Um, so I just, I don't know. I just kind of see, if Zeke's used, it will be in the passing game. So that is a possibility. Um, but with all the other targets that Dak has, um, I just I just kind of faded Zeke this week. Fair enough. I mean, I probably, like I said, in limited lineups, will run a Zeke captain just because I can see a situation where, you know, the guy gets like six catches, only 60 overall yards or something like that between receiving and rushing, but scores two touchdowns. They get down there within the five and, all of a sudden that score, I mean, you almost need it though. Yeah. Like you, you need it at, at his price. That That is the outcome, but you're probably building a lineup at that point that looks like, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. You're probably taking a chance on like maybe a Ronald Jones. You've got Antonio Brown, Michael Gallup, and like a Giovanni Bernard. That's, you know, y- your lineup is going to look uh, a very, um, it's going to look similar to like a, a Tom Brady captain just because of the pricing. And as a result, I think you can get some leverage there. Not crazy about it. Just kind of a thought we needed to talk about Ezekiel Elliott just on the basis that if he scores two touchdowns and we didn't talk about him. Yeah. And it, it's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's a contrarian play. I mean, I'm, if you're going to throw 20 lineups in, make sure one of them has that play. Um, because nobody's talking, like you said, nobody's talking about him because of the offensive line. And uh, because of Tampa's defensive line. So it's a, it's a good contrarian play that if it pans out, you're in great shape. And it's recency bias. I mean, look, there were yeah. times last year the Tampa Bay didn't look good, especially in the beginning of the season. Now they came into form. They ended up winning the Super Bowl. That's what we remember. Uh, right. Dallas was bad all season. That's what we remember. Yep. There are plenty of, you know, timelines that we live in 
where Dallas comes out and crushes this. Now, plenty in, is a relative term when we're talking about infinite timelines. Um, it's just, do we live, you know, are we living in one right now? Yeah, the, uh, the NFL multiverse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, that's all I got. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that's it for this week. Um, just a quick little breakdown. If you want more detailed breakdown, come on over to drroto.com. Um, there's some great free content over there. Uh, subscribers get access to a private Discord chat, which I will be sitting in for the Thursday night game. And uh, any last thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I'll be in the Discord too. Uh, Mark can attest to this. When I'm watching games, I'm pretty active uh, on my computer typing as I, I tilt. Uh, I don't tilt unnecessarily. I tilt everything that I tilt is completely justified, reasonable, and makes total sense. So uh, beyond that, look, uh, you know, come over, check out the tools at drroto.com. We'll have a couple other premium podcasts, especially leading up to lock for, you know, the, the real start of week one. This is week one, but the real start, you know, the big slate, the one where, you know, it's not a single game. It's 13 games or 14 games or however many it is. Uh, so come join us for that. We'll see you tonight uh, in the Discord. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.